What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode breaks down how Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Redbird Capital plan to turn the XFL into a billion-dollar business that competes with the NFL. I had a lot of fun talking through this scenario, and I hope you enjoy it also. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now, and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you, so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. To celebrate that and Father's Day coming up, Whoop is offering 15% off and free shipping when you use code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P dot com and enter Joe, J-O-E at checkout to save 15% and get free shipping. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8sleep. 8sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now, I am falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before, all thanks to my 8sleep Pod Pro cover. The Pod Pro cover by 8sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. You can add the cover to any mattress. The temperature regulation will create the optimal sleeping environment by adjusting to each side of the bed based on personalized sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature. The results are proven to be true. 8sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. And it's not just me who sleeps on an 8sleep. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes F1 racing team. So go to 8sleep.com slash Joe, that's J-O-E, for exclusive Memorial Day savings through June 6. Cool down this summer with 8sleep, now shipping within the USA, UK, Canada, and Australia. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. We're going to talk about The Rock, Ooh, like Danny the Garcia, rock. Redbird Capital, buying the XFL and what they're trying to do with it. All right, Danny Garcia is The Rock's business partner? Business partner. Yeah, they used to be married, I believe. Now they're business partners for but not decades. Married. Not married, no, okay. but still business partners. So they bought the XFL, but I think it's important to start historically speaking. So the NFL is obviously the the largest and most profitable sports league in the world. And people have been trying to compete with the NFL for decades now. There's been over 50 outdoor, indoor, developmental, semi-professional leagues, both domestically and internationally, that have tried to compete with the NFL at some point. So most, if not all of them, have failed. There's virtually none that are still in existence. You could you could look at kind of what's happening in arena or the CFL or maybe the USFL today. But most of them have failed, not been able to reach scale. So Vince McMahon initially launched the XFL in 2001. And the reason why he did this was he was at the WWE at the time and he teamed up with Dick Ebersol at NBC. So NBC had just lost the rights to broadcast NFL games. So they went, they teamed up and they wanted to build a competitor to the NFL that basically took all the same stuff, but made it more entertaining. Vince McMahon comes from the wrestling background. Obviously he thought that 
it would be better to add some entertainment elements to professional football. So they launched the XFL. It gets off to a hot start. They had a bunch of viewers, but as I think most people know, some of it was seen as kind of gimmicky and, and they lost viewership pretty fast. They had millions of viewers. It started to shrink pretty much immediately within week two, three, four, five, et cetera. The league ends up shutting down after just one season, right? It was too expensive. The audience wasn't there and they didn't have enough capital to do it. The word is that McMahon and Ebersole lost a combined $35 million on the first venture in 2001. So they try to launch, yeah, they try to launch it in 2001. They lose $35 million and McMahon has later called it a colossal failure. But it was dope for that one season. For like a couple of weeks. And then people were like wrestling for the ball or whatever. It was like gimmicky, right? He wanted to add the entertainment elements from wrestling to football and launch a competitor. Okay. Tried. It was really expensive. Didn't have the audience, et cetera. It failed. And I saw that. Is it a 30 for 30 where they break down or some sort of documentary? And like, they were basically had this thing put together with duct tape. Like they didn't know if the cameras were going to work before one of the games, like that type of stuff. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff like that, right? It just wasn't well done. And uh, I think he realized that pretty quickly. And again, it only lasted a year. So it got shut down pretty quickly and they pulled the plug. But two decades later, nearly two decades later, he tries again and he relaunches the XFL to give it a second try in 2020. He actually sold this time about 4% of the WWE personal stock that he owned in the business for $250 million to really gear up and say, Hey, look, I'm going for this. And he, I believe at one point said that he was interested and would be willing to invest $500 million of his own money in the business. So he was like all in at this point, they rebranded everything. He hired Oliver Luck, who's Andrew Luck's dad. He was the president of the NCAA to come and run the league, be service commissioner, et cetera. So they were like fully in on this. They, they got a TV deal and all these different things. But the problem was that they went from 1.5 million to 2.3 million or 3, 3 million viewers. So right in the first few weeks, right, they, they had the sponsorships, they had the TV partnerships. They were doing about a million and a half to 3 million viewers each week. Pretty damn good, actually, for like a new upstart sports league that had failed previously. And obviously he was putting a lot of money into it, but the initial results were promising. Obviously COVID hit, which literally ruined everything. So what most people don't know about this is that he actually was doing a production deal with his TV partners at the time. That was basically just, they would pay for the cost to put on the game. So it would be like, it was some people say 250,000, some people say 400,000, but somewhere in there, low, low couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. And that was the production cost to broadcast the game. And the reason why he did that was he wanted a short-term deal to show them that the audience was there and then he'd be able to get a bigger long-term deal, right? So he Mm -hmm. used it as kind of a negotiating tactic. The problem that he had though was that when COVID hit, he didn't have any massive media dollars to back this stuff up. So they were burning seven figures each month, right? Mm -hmm. And he had all the staff. He probably had hundreds of employees at this point, right? And uh, they couldn't pay players. They couldn't put on any of these events because they didn't have these massive media contracts to back up their production costs and everything else associated with the league. So they're burning seven figures at a time. They shut it down. They pulled the plug because none of the TV partners wanted to renegotiate at that point. They they didn't know what was going to happen, right? You don't know if they're even going to play in six months, 12 months, 18 months, whatever. So they didn't want to renegotiate the deals. He ends up pulling the plug a second time. This time he lost $200 million on the reboot, right? So- Two attempts over 20 years, lost over $200 million, about $235 million, depending on what you want to account to, to Ebersol and NBC's loss associated with that. But over $200 million, Vince McMahon lost himself on the XFL. So it closes down again. But this time, they file for bankruptcy, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It's going to auction at bankruptcy. And supposedly, minutes before it's, supposed, it's scheduled to start, The Rock, Danny Garcia, Redbird Capital team up, and they call the XFL with an offer to buy the business. 
They paid $15 million for, the, for, for, for basically, at that point, you're not just really- the IP. Yeah, you're not really buying that much, right? You're just buying the IP. So they, they bought the business for $15 million and now they're going to try to reboot it, right? Under kind of similar strategy to what they might've had before, but some strategic partnerships. And obviously now you have The Rock involved, which is valuable in Redbird. So they've already made a bunch of key moves, right? They, they've went and signed executives that were at the NFL. You know, Dan Blandino, the NFL rules guy that yes, comes on the team, yes. they signed him, right? So they, they, they went and got a bunch of people that know kind of how to do some of these things, not only from a management, but officiating, coaching, all of that stuff. They've hired a bunch of people like Bob Stoops. They got a good, good coaches, all of these different people. So they've done some of these things and now they've signed an agreement with the NFL, which is basically makes them like their Petri dish or like their, their testing lab, right? They're going to use the uh, XFL to test some of their safety things and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then they signed a multi-year deal with ESPN. So all 43 games will be broadcast ac across ABC, ESPN, and FX. And the season, it starts one week after the Super Bowl. So like there's no break in football, right? It's mm -hmm. like one week immediately into the next season. So now people are debating like, hey, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And we don't know how much the deal's for. It's not publicly disclosed. But my guess is, and talking to other people, is that it's, it's a considerable amount because they signed a five-year deal, right? So it's not a year-to-year -year deal like uh, Vince McMahon had signed. And we at least have some kind of context around what audience might be there, right? If he was averaging for several weeks, not just one week, but several weeks previously before the pandemic started, a million and a half to three million viewers, that's pretty significant for, for a league, right? For on ESPN. So maybe it's, it's $30 million, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, but maybe somewhere around there, right? So you think that they signed 30 million for five years? No. 30 million well, a year, year for five years? Yeah, maybe somewhere around there. Okay, right? so you buy I, something that, for fifteen million and get one hundred and fifty million. That's in what I, I, you know, so some people that have like negotiated these deals, those are the numbers they've kind of floated around, and it makes sense, right? Because you have to think about in context how much they're able to monetize this stuff. So I think a thirty-second commercial on the XFL or, or relative to those audience numbers would have went for like seventy thousand dollars or something like that. You're obviously having tons of commercials. There's forty-three games, so you're able to make your money back on that pretty quickly. And then the production cost is, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which they're able to cover with that money. So again, I don't think The Rock, Danny Garcia, Redbird would have signed a five-year deal unless they were comfortable with some of this stuff, right? You have to obviously be, see an ROI from that perspective to know that you're, you're going to be able to build this league for five years. So I think that makes a lot of sense. The other thing to look at is like, this is obviously really difficult, right? Otherwise people would have completed this previously of the 50 plus people that have tried. But I do think that not only is The Rock a big name and helpful when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but his relationship with Disney specifically is very helpful. I don't think they probably would have gotten that deal without him, right? Because you also have to remember relationships matter a lot in this, right? And he's obviously one of the world's biggest actors. He's the highest paid actor in the world. He obviously has a, a big relationship with a company like Disney. So when you look at their portfolio of networks and they want this to be successful, I think them signing that deal makes a lot of sense. And then on the XFL side, it makes a lot of sense for them to agree to do a deal with a partner like ESPN because people like to make fun of ESPN, but it's still the largest sports network, right? On linear television. And they have this portfolio of businesses now that can not only accelerate growth on linear television, but digital and et cetera. So I think that it's a really smart move for both of them. And then it gives them five years really to go and try to build this thing, knowing in the back of their mind now that they have the ability to turn a positive ROI with this five-year deal that they've signed. How much money do you think The Rock's going to make? On this? Yeah. Depends, right? If it's successful, football's a massive category. Sports are, are easily monetized in the United States. He could make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars potentially, right? Depending on how successful it is. But 
right? Vince McMahon has already tried twice. He's lost over $200 million. So I feel like there's like a, a you know, a, a pros and cons to this relative to where you could see a boat going both directions. People would argue both, right? If you asked a hundred people, you'd probably get a bunch of different answers. But I think that it now probably has the highest chance of upside relative to what it had previously because he has the partnership with the NFL. He now has the deal with ESPN, ABC, et cetera. We saw that there was at least some demand, right? Relative to what we, to what Vince McMahon was building with the XFL. Obviously he didn't make the right decision when it came to the media rights deal, given that he didn't know COVID was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, it, you know, time will tell it, if it goes well, he could make hundreds of millions of dollars. If it goes South, he could lose a lot of money. Yeah. One of the things that I also find fascinating here is it does feel like the XFL IP was the most valuable piece of this. Like everyone knows XFL. You said XFL, people start saying he hate me like yeah. immediately in the chat, right? It's yeah. like people know the XFL. And if you're of a certain demographic, even though it wasn't successful, it's almost like the, the awareness drastically outperformed the success of the, the business itself. And so The Rock, that's really what he was buying. He wouldn't even buy the idea. Like you could go start a league tomorrow. Buying the IP though, you're benefiting from all the money they'd spent on driving that awareness of the IP. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's a reason why he did that rather than just going to start a league. He yeah, could have started the Rock Football League, yeah, right? Immediately. But nobody wanted to do that. Let's go spend $15 million to buy IP that we can go and revive. 100%. And really the whole bet here, right, is that you're able to just drive an audience, right? And I think that's another thing that is not talked about nearly enough when it comes to The Rock. He already has this massive audience. Sure, maybe some of it is people who don't necessarily care about football, but a large percent of it probably has an overlay to people that watch the NFL today that are interested in more football. And I think that the the real key here is, right, understanding that the tickets, the merchandise, sponsorships, like that's all kind of negligible when it comes to the grand scheme of the business and annual revenue. The real play here is media rights. And if you're able to get low digit millions of people to watch each game, like that's a win and they're going to make a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get two, three, four, five, six million people to watch a game in the XFL every game, you're going to make a lot of money doing that just through media rights and broadcast rights. Yeah, I agree with that. What is the thing that you're watching to measure success, just the audience, or is there something else that you're going to watch over the next year or two in order to determine how this is going to go? Yeah, I think it mostly is the audience, right? To to what I said previously, it's like, that's the number that you're tracking over time just to see kind of how these media rights could eventually trend. I will say that there's probably a lot that goes into it around, obviously you have to get the right talent. You have to get people interested. I think that if people are able to use this as kind of a springboard or, or make it at least somewhat competitive or realistic to get to the NFL outside of this league, I think that's a good opportunity. What we've seen now is that the NFL doesn't have that kind of minor league system, right? You go to college, you go to the NFL. If you're not in the NFL, you're kind of out of football. You can go to the CFL or something else like that, but it's not necessarily seen as this launching board of this minor league system like other sports might have, whether it's the G League or minor league baseball or something like that. So I think if this can fill that void and it has interesting storylines and you can sell sponsorships, you can create content outside of it, you can get an audience. I think that's really what you're watching, but ultimately the success of the league from a business and financial perspective most of it's really going to come down to how many people they can get to watch each week. Yeah. I mean, it, it is absolutely incredible to kind of think about how they've already made so many different moves where we're sitting here saying like, yeah, like there's a good shot. This works compared to, you know, I don't think anyone thought the second opportunity was going to work or you didn't have as much confidence in the second one as with the rock. Yeah. I mean, the second one was working, which is why I think more people are confident in this one it was just unfortunate timing when it came to the pandemic and you're sitting there and you've already lost hundreds of millions of dollars. It's like, I have no idea when this is going to end. There is no reason for me to continue right now, given we don't have the inflow of capital coming. We're burning seven figures every single month, right? Tens of millions of dollars each year we're going to be burning if we're not able to play games. And you get in this weird scenario where even if you were seeing positive results, 
and it was working to some degree, it's not sustainable in the long run, given the uncertainty around when you're able to play with COVID. So I think that's really the point that's making people more confident this time around is like knowing that there was some level of audience there. And then when you throw fire on it with the people like The Rock, Danny Garcia, Redbird, I think people become more confident because these are people that not only have large audiences, have relationships, have the ability and the results to, to show you that they can do something like this. So we'll see. I mean, only time's really going to tell how big of an audience they can get. But five-year deal makes me think that they're at least comfortable with the revenue that they're getting immediately. And then they'll use that to, to build the sport. And in five years, maybe they're able to sign something bigger. I appreciate this. It was very good, great work. See y'all. Later. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.